could see was the struggle Haunted by ghosts that lived in my past Bound up in shackles of all gonna last and you look at this prisoner and say to me son stop fighting a fight it's already been won I am redeemed you said chains wipe away every stain i'm not who i used to be i am redeemed all my life i have been called unworthy of my shame and regret hashtag labels but when i hear you whisper child lift up your head i remember oh god you're not done with me yet i am redeemed you said So I'll shake off these heavy chains, wipe away every stain. Now I'm not who I used to be, because I don't have to be the old man inside of me, because his day is long dead and gone, because I've got a new name, a new life, I'm not the same, and a hope that will carry me home, cause I am redeemed, you set me free, so I'll shake off these heavy chains, wipe away every stain now i'm not who i used to be i am redeemed you set me free so i'll shake off these heavy chains wipe away every stain now i'm not who i used to be Oh God, I'm not who I used to be. Jesus, I'm not who I used to be. I am redeemed. So I'll shake on. 
off these heavy chains Wipe away every stain I'm not who I used to be I am redeemed Good morning, everybody, and welcome to The Well. Thank you for joining us um, online, because that's <laughs> where you all are. All right, anyway, moving on. Okay, so today, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Today we're continuing our series, mini-series, whatever you want to say, um, on our labels. And if y'all catch that, uh, labels in there, I threw in there a second ago. Um, this one is on how we label our, Corey's like shaking his head back there. <laughs> um, how we label ourselves, I'm going, we like to control our own life, our narrative about our value. So what if how we label ourselves is just another front and the gap between who we say we are and who we really are. And that gap is massive. Okay, so that's what we are exploring today. Let us pray. Father God, thank you so much for everybody who has joined us this morning. And that I pray that we just, we dig into who you say we are and like how we like to beat ourselves up and label ourselves, God. But you say we're redeemed. We are who you say we are, God. It's not, it's not about what we want, but you have the authority. You have the final say. So as we start today, God, I pray that everybody's hearts are churned and stirred up, and that they're living into a false identity. God, I pray that you wipe it away and that you restore the identity that we all know that you have given us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. And this first song is Who You Say I Am. that the highest king who am I that the highest king would welcome me I was lost but he brought me in oh his love for me yes his love for me who the sun sets free who the sun sets I am who you say I am 
this morning um thankful thank you thank you for your for your continuing generosity it has helped us to purchase a food truck that uh drew i understand will be starting on this coming week um so we'll be able to get that up and rolling to to better get our our service out in the community um there's three ways you can give you can text to give that's at eight four three two one you can do the old-fashioned way and mail a check to 56 Vaughn Lane, Olive Branch, Mississippi, 38654. And there's one more way that I forgot. Lewisburgwell.org. That's right. Lewisburgwell.org. Thank you for your continuing generosity. Uh, helps us to uh, better serve our community.
good, good Father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. And I've seen many searching for answers far and wide, but I know that we're all searching for answers. Only you provide, cause you
let go of the labels and say, you are perfect. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways to us. You are perfect one more time. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways to us. I sing, you're a good, good father. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are, and I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. You're a good, good Father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are, and I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am, it's who I am. So I try to find the humor in most, in most everything, um, and, and it's something that I, um, I don't know if I call it a gift or whatever, but it is definitely something that I try very hard to do. I try to loose, loosen and lighten the mood up for a lot of things. Uh, I use sarcasm a lot. I try to find the irony in most things. Um, you know, and, and, and I'm trying to do the same with the pandemic, and I want you to know that I'm not trying to make light of the pandemic, because when you start talking about 182,000 deaths and things like that, and 25 million worldwide or whatever who've gotten this thing. So I'm not trying to make light of it, but I will say there's a little bit of humor in this. Um, and the humor that I have found thus far uh, is in the human condition of masking. <laughs> um, I have been secretly and not so secretly anymore been giggling at uh, the, uh, the ability of, of having to physically wear a mask um, as part of what we're doing with this pandemic. Because honest to God, we have been doing this for a long time anyway. Whether it's been a physical mask or whether it has been a spiritual mask or whether it's been whatever. Uh, and what I'm laughed at is that the physical mask could become something of a representation of, uh, of our personality and how we want to be viewed, right? Uh, and they're usually changed and adjusted based upon, you know, whatever context you're in. So as you see, I have a Skeletor mask. For those of you who are He-Man fans, uh, this is a 1980s cartoon show. This is the evil villain inside of He-Man. Uh, Heather found this one for me, and I absolutely love this one. This is hilarious. I love this one a lot. Uh, but, you know, it's not the only one that I have. Uh, if I can do this without completely just whacking everything here. Uh, and so I have others that I use depending on the context of where I'm at. So, for instance, I have a black one. Uh, if I need to be a little more conservative, I have one that, uh, that doesn't have a logo on it. That actually, you know, if you want to do, you know, like the Johnny Cash thing, the black on black. You know, that's right. um, I have also, uh, these are two of my favorites, the Avengers, thank you, Renee, uh, the Avengers mask, right? So the Marvel stuff, as well as a Route 66 one, which I actually enjoy a lot because I've actually traveled that route several times, uh, doing several uh, senior trips. The other thing, another one that, uh, that Renee got for me, which I thought was really great, she made for me, uh, was one that actually looks like a scroll on the outside. Uh, and what made me giggle about this one is because she said, I tried to find one uh, that 
reflected your context. And she said, uh, something that looked somewhat biblical and scrolly on the outside. <laughs> she said, I thought this one fits you really well. Uh, and so with all that saying, you know, and there's other things, by the way, there you go, Nelson. Uh, and so I've had others, you know, other types of masks and things like that, but they all reflect our personality and they all reflect our context. Uh, Heather and I were giggling as they were like, okay, so if, if schools are going to start requiring masks, if that's a state mandate, if that's a school mandate, um, I'm willing to bet they're going to become an accessory now, right? Uh, and so uh, uh, Heather's mom made, uh, hi out there, Carol and Wayne, hey buds, all right. Um, so Carol made uh, Star Wars masks for my boys because they become something of a personality, uh, uh, you know, uh, accessory that we wear to show off who we want people to, you know, to know about us and the things that we really like. Right? I've seen the ones that really made me giggle, the ones where they actually imprinted the smile, their own smile of their face on there. I don't know if y'all have seen those, but they're imprinted on the mask. Um, I have seen sports teams, so Jason's wearing the Cincinnati Reds right now uh, and sporting the and sporting old Cincinnati, uh, and he does so proudly all the time with the Bengals and all that kind of stuff. But he has his mask on for the Reds. I'm eventually going to probably pick up a couple for Auburn uh, just because that's, that's the team that I want you to know that I support. But the bottom line is this is a fun way. It is a decent way to at least try to make light of where we are, at least a little bit, try to actually, you know, turn a good corner here, uh, to portray our personality, to represent uh, who we are internally and, and what we want people to know about us. The struggle is, and I say the, the struggle, really the thing is we've been doing this all along. This is not any different. Just because this is a physical, just because this is a physical representation of what's going on inside, don't think that we haven't been doing this stuff already. Go look at anybody's social media. And they will reflect and portray what everybody wants, what that person wants everybody else to know about them. Uh, and generally, they always put their good foot forward, right? So uh, I'm a Christian. I am a musician. I'm the smart one. I'm the funny one. I'm the class clown. I'm into health and fitness. I'm an activist. Or Carrie, as, as Carrie would say, an activist. Huh? Am I right, Carrie? Uh, it, it's, um, you know, I, I have a particular political slant. I have certain creativity. I'm talented. I'm family-driven. I travel a lot. Uh, I've seen a lot of those. And, and I think these are all things, and family-driven, right? Being family-driven, these are all labels. Everything that we put out there about ourselves is really just another label, and a mask is no different. Uh, in fact, I like to parallel. I've always paralleled this throughout uh, my last 20-whatever years of ministry, I've always paralleled what we put out there as truly we're just wearing a mask. What we want people to really wear. And here we are physically wearing the things that we've already been wearing spiritually and emotionally anyway, which is just a mask. So this series is called Labels. Last week we talked about uh, how do others label you. We're getting to the heart of identity and value in a person. And so last week was about, you know, what, what, how do people label you? Today is about how you label yourself. And remember, this is all wrapped around the question of who am I? Uh, and we're all still developing, even as adults in this room, we're all still developing the answer to this question, not just teenagers. Teenagers are doing this in a little bit of a different way, right? Uh, you know, so, so this particular week, it would be who am I? And oh yeah, I'm still around all these people. But the question is still at its core, who am I? Remember, the answers can change based upon our context, based upon circumstances. It can change based upon whatever happens around you or with you or to you. Um, there's a lot of people, as we heard last week, there are a lot of people who want to label you and want to put a particular slant on you, uh, and they want to kind of control your narrative. Well, this week, you know, we put forth answers to try to influence what people think of us. 
Uh, for scripture this week, go ahead and flip in your Bible to Luke chapter 18. It's going to be a very familiar passage. Uh, we're going to see and take a look at biblically what this looks like. What does it look like when we try to label ourselves? But before we do that, so go ahead and turn to Luke chapter 18. I think it's imperative and I think it's crucial that we understand why it is that we do labels. Why it is that we actually want to put that label out there, right? So I think there are a couple of reasons why that is that we label ourselves. I think first off, we want the world to view, we want we want to control and we want the world to know and to view how to understand us and how to see us and how to know us. Uh, we want to take control of our own narrative. We want to take control of the story about us that's told and not have somebody else taint it or turn it or twist it based upon what they think about us. We want to get out in front of that and go, hey, uh, I want to put this label out there about me. This is who I am. I think we want to look perfect to the world around us. And I think we want to work, if I can say this very, very carefully, I think we want people to know that we have our, uh, our stuff together. <laughs> uh, I think that's the big deal, is we want to make sure we have our stuff together. I think we want the world to admire us, to value us, to accept us. I think we want everybody to know that we're indispensable. I think we want to know, let everybody know we may actually be better than somebody else. And look at these folks over here. They're idiots. They're dumb. They're stupid. As we start to label others to raise ourselves higher, we look at those folks and we go, I can't believe they've made those kind of decisions. But I think we also, too, and I'm going to kind of push this one in, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, this is going to hurt and step on some toes. I apologize. But I think, too, we want people to look at us and admire us for who we think we are. Man, you know, when you look at the Instagram lives and you go, man, I wish my life was just like that. They look perfect. They like, look perfect. They, they're always in perfect places. And really, when it gets down to it, I think we actually want to be worshipped in some way. Um, and that hurts. It hurts the process. It hurts to even think about that. But when you get down at its core, of when we try to label ourselves, we have pride in what we're doing and we are trying to get someone to worship us. So that's the first thing. I think we want the world to know how to view us and how to understand us. I think the second thing is we try to cover up our flaws. Um, we do want to look perfect. And we don't, we, we, we really work hard uh, to make sure that we put a particular image out there. This is why if you ever look at a truly honest, genuine post, it almost always, not every time, but almost always starts off with, this was a really hard post to write. This one took a lot of effort. Um, something along the lines of, man, I'm putting myself out there right now. Why is it if we are actually being honest and truthful about our labels, why would it be so hard to be honest and truthful when we've got to tell our deepest and most transparent things? But yet it is. Because I think we're trying our best when we label ourselves to cover up some things about us. That's why it's a risk to our image to actually portray uh, and what, you know, you know, you kind of think of that Wizard of Oz feeling to pull the curtain back and see the reality behind all the bells and whistles. Right, that scene in the Wizard of Oz where the wizard has you know this huge you know um, uh, t you know holographic face up there and all of this fire and all these booming sounds and all these whistles, all these things, and everybody's terrified until cute little Toto goes and pulls the curtain back, and you go, oh my gosh, it's just another person, because it risks uh, our image that we've portrayed. Because in the end, the image that we portray as you heard Nelson say earlier, and the image of who we really are is most of the time not the same. 
there's usually a pretty large gap between what we portray and label ourselves as and what we really are. There's always some kind of connection in there somewhere. In a lot of ways, it's who we are aspiring to be, right? So the labels that we put out there about ourselves are who we are aspiring to be. And it can be, those labels can be social media driven, certainly, right? This is why we have the Instagram stuff. This is where you get your, uh, you know, your TikTok viral folks. This is where you get your Visco girls. Like all this stuff that's out there, like these things are meant to be labels to try to say, hey, look at me. It can be material driven. It can be about cars. It can be about what school system you're in. It can be about the cool houses. It can be about the clothes. Uh, but it can also be social driven too, right? Our labels about ourselves can be very socially driven as I'm in the right place with the right people at the right time at the right events to be seen. Um, the problem is with these kind of labels is once you've hit that popularity, let's just say if you're, you're TikTok viral, you've gone over a certain number of likes. You've gone over a certain number of views. You've got a certain number of people who are actually following you on TikTok or whatever it is. The idea is it takes a ton of effort to keep it up. It takes a lot of effort and energy to be able to keep the image going of who everybody thinks you are. And so therefore, the labels about ourselves, uh, when they're not necessarily honest and when they're not true reality, there's a gap between who we are and who we say we are. And what I want to do is take a look at Luke chapter 18. And I know this is a familiar passage, but this is one that really, uh, I had to look at this a particular way. When I was looking, I've, I've looked at this passage a particular way over and over and over again. And for whatever reason, praise be to God, God revealed a flip side of this that I had never seen before. So let's look at Luke, uh, Luke chapter 18. We're going to go to verse 18 uh, and roll it through the end of verse 27. This is what, uh, you know, for some of you, you'll notice the rich young ruler. It says, a certain ruler asked him, meaning Jesus, good teacher, what must I do to, internal, uh, to inherit eternal life? He says, why do you call me good? Jesus answered, no one is good except God alone. You know the commandments, you shall not commit murder. Or, you know, sh- I mean, sorry, you should not commit adultery. You should not commit murder. You shall not steal. Should I give false testimony? Honor your mother and father. And of course, he's giving uh, a list of the back half, by the way, of the Ten Commandments. And what's interestingly missing here uh, is anything about you should put the Lord your God first. You should put, you know, you should not take the Lord's name in vain. Anything about God is missing in this list that Jesus gives him, which is very interesting. And he said, all these things I've kept since I was a boy. And when Jesus heard this, he said to him, well, great, you know, like, all right. Well, you still lack one thing. Sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and then come follow me. And when he heard this, he became very, uh, he became very sad because he was very wealthy. And Jesus looked at him and said, how hard it is for the rich to enter into the kingdom of God. Now, right there, I, I've always... I've always imagined, and I don't know how I've missed this, but I've always imagined him turning around and saying that to the disciples. But let me read that first part again. Jesus looked at him and said, how hard it is for the rich to enter into the kingdom of God. Indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter into the kingdom of God. And those who heard this asked, well, then who can be saved? And Jesus replied, what is impossible with man is possible with God. Now, I want you to know, for a long time I saw this, and you, you know, I read this passage, and you're like, man, uh, 
This has got to be an inquiry about, you know, going to heaven. That's, that's the very question that he asked. And what's interesting is the NIV uses the word inherit. He said, how much I, in, you know, what do I need to do to inherit uh, heaven or the kingdom of God? I'm sure everybody said eternal life. <laughs> well, the, the message calls it deserve. Uh, translated as the word deserve, which I love that. I love that concept. What must I do to deserve? And so the, this whole time I've always looked at it, well, you know, it, it's really a heart condition and he's just trying to work his way into heaven and all that good stuff. And then God flipped it back around on me and, and, and pulled that curtain back for a moment and, and revealed something I had never considered before. What if he's not really asking at all? What if he's not really looking at this and going, hey, what can I do? But what if he's actually saying this in search of validation that he has done what he's needed to do his entire life? What is the possibility that really he just wants to be recognized for a job well done? What must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, follow the commandments. And his reply, all of these things I've done. He doesn't stop there. He says, since I was a boy. Do you hear the label? The label is, I am a good Jew, number one. I am a lifelong Jew, number two. Those are the labels that he's putting out there. Look at how good I am, and I've been doing this all of my life. Uh, and he clarifies that he's followed all of the laws, right? And he says, all of these that I've kept since I was a boy, all of them I've kept. And then that whole since I was a boy stuff. There's a gap in who we want to be and really who we are. You see, for him, it's pretty obvious. And, and I give a lot of grace. I never look, man, I try my best when I, especially when I'm teaching and preaching out of God's word. I don't just look at the folks who we are using in scripture here. So I don't want to look at the rich young ruler and be like, what a terrible human. No, I think he was doing exactly what he felt like he needed to do. Because that's how his faith, that's what his faith had taught him up to that point. And the arguments that Jesus had with the Pharisees clarified a lot of that. That they had a particular slant on their theology and on their following God that was very much so a ritualistic way of doing things. And he was doing the rituals that he needed to do. But I think it's clear that his faith hadn't changed him. And I think it's a very clear indicator that's when Jesus doesn't actually offer anything about following God first. If you know the Ten Commandments, they're really split like four and six. It's four, one, and six, really. The first four deal with God. And you get one that starts to, to cross that barrier between God and humanity, which is honor your mother and father. And then the rest of them deal with how you deal with the rest of community. So like they're very balanced Ten Commandments. But what comes first is God. And those are the things that Jesus didn't actually put out there. It's clear that the God did not actually put God first. He put the rules first. He put the laws first. He put his money first. Because when Jesus said, just go sell what you have, he walked away, or actually he was very sad. He was sad because he was, in fact, I think the scripture said he was very sad because he was very wealthy. So he put his money first, not God. And he had actually been wearing a mask over his heart the entire time of, look, I am a religious dude. I am a super religious guy. I followed all the commandments. When you get into Romans chapter 12, in Romans chapter 12, Paul puts it a little bit of a different way. Um, in Romans chapter 12, verses 3 through 8, I'm going to give you a second to turn there. 
Paul is, um, it's just finished up, and literally, he, he, you know the first two verses of this one pretty well. Uh, you know, I, I, urge you in, in, uh, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your act of worship. Uh, and then don't transform any longer to the patterns of this world, right? We know those verses. But listen to what he says in verses 3 through 8. He goes on to say, For by grace you have given, I'm sorry, for by the grace given me, I say to every one of you. And here we go. When there's a colon in Scripture, especially coming out of Paul, who is an attorney, who's very particular with his words, who's very clear in how he writes things, listen to, how he, listen to what happens. There's a colon here. He said, what I say to, uh, I'm sorry, for by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, colon, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For each of us has one body with many members. And here we go again with the one body imagery. Has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function. We hear this in Ephesians 4, we hear this in 1 Corinthians 12, and he's saying this again in Romans 12. He says, so in Christ, though many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace uh, given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, then do so uh, diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Don't think of yourselves any more highly than you ought. He goes on to say, it's not that you're not special, but you are one of many. So as we label ourselves and we try to make ourselves in our labels, look at us, look at us, look at us, it's a very self-centered way of giving labels. And we try to put others down so that we raise ourselves up to say, look at how important that I am. And Paul's like, quit doing this stuff. Quit doing it. So keep a level head about who you are because really we're all in this together. We're not all in this separated out. We're not all like superstars out here. Without, you cannot be a superstar. Well, thanks be to God, football has come back last night. It was a fun game to watch. Um, but you can't be a solid quarterback without your line. And that's why running backs have finally started to catch on when they say, hey, tell me about that run you had. Well, first thing out of their mouth, if it weren't for the lineman, I wouldn't have had that gap to hit to make it look good on the 75-yard touchdown run, first play of the game last night. Right, so that, like, we recognize that we are all in this together. Go back to Luke chapter 9 this time. In Luke chapter 9, verses 23 to 25, this is a scripture that we have used often. Uh, we've actually done an entire four-week series on this, so I don't want to dig into this too deeply, but I want you to hear this particular word one more time, this one particular thing. It says, Then he said to them all, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross daily, follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life will save it. And here, listen to this. Be reminded of this. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? And in some translations, it'll actually say your actual soul. What good is it to gain everything uh, and yet lose everything from God? Um, it comes down to our hearts, y'all. 
I recognize that we give ourselves label because as we are social people, we are jockeying for position. It is not, um, it, it is not rocket science to figure out why we give ourselves certain labels. We want the world to know who we are or who we want the world to believe in who we are uh, in a particular slant or particular direction. There's a gap between sometimes what we say we are and a lot of times what we say we are and what we really are. And what I'm saying is God says no to all that. He's like, no, there's more to you than that and it starts with your heart. We remember from last week, we are not the sum of the labels given to us. We are not the sum of labels given by us. So we start talking about discussion questions. I'm going to bring this up here in just another minute. Remember this. What labels? You know, last week we talked about what labels have been given to you that you need to, to put in front of God and give up and let go of that you've been harboring this whole time. Well, what labels have you given yourself that you want everyone to believe and worship you through? And what do you believe God thinks about those labels? Next week, we're going to talk about what, how God labels you. And that's the important one, how God labels you. And so today, I want you to be pondering these things about labels. What are those labels that you've given yourself? And what do you think God feels about that? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. I'm waiting for a response. I guess there's no, very few here to respond. I apologize. I'm like, huh? Huh? What? Okay. We have a couple announcements, and then I promise we're through. Here's the thing. Tomorrow night, for those of you who are looking at, who have already called me or texted me or communicated with me, emailed me, whatever, that said, hey, I'm ready to start a house church. Um, I need you on the call tomorrow night. Zoom call, 7 o'clock. Uh, it was put out on social media Thursday or Friday of this week, and I'll put it out again tomorrow. Uh, so, so know that uh, we're doing on, uh, basically a how-to. One of the things that I've been hearing from folks is, man, I want to do this. I just don't know how. I'm going to show you how. I'm going to show you who to connect with. I'm going to show you all these things. So tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, and even if you're considering and you're like, this sounds cool. Uh, like I had somebody last night who was talking to me. They're like, I can offer my house. I can't lead it, but I can offer my house. Those are the kind of things we need to talk about. And that'll be tomorrow night to help clarify a lot of things house church-wise. Uh, and so make sure tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, to be ready to do that. For, for today, for those of you who have started and you want to work on discussion questions, let me remind you the discussion questions again. What labels have you given yourself uh, that you want everybody to believe and worship you through? Uh, and then what do you believe God thinks about those labels? Those two questions are deep enough to make it roll for a while. And if you didn't get a chance to start the discussion from last week, it's what are the labels that have been given to you that you need to let go of? Uh, and so I've been praying over our house churches a lot. I've been thinking about these things. I've been, uh, we've put together a list tomorrow night. We're going to talk about how it is we're going to work through our congregation and begin to help people find a place to go. Uh, and so that'll all be taking place tomorrow night, 7 o'clock. Go find the Zoom information. Our benediction today uh, is this right here. It is 1 Samuel. Give me a second to get to the right place. 1 Samuel 16, uh, verse uh, 7. And if you remember, this is the passage where uh, Samuel goes uh, to find the king of Israel, the next king of Israel. And as he's doing that, he thinks it's one person. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Y'all have a great week.